0: Welcome, Misties, to our podcast Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and legends about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for our and hopefully your amusement. I am your host with a pocket full of anus seeds, Gary, with my wife and co host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann.
1: What kind of seeds?
0: Anus. Anise. No, it's actually A N U S S pronunciation wise. Really? Yeah. The anus. way I looked it up. Wow. So whether it's a noose or a niece, uh, it's going to be an important part of today's story. Wow. But I have a pocket full of them. Okay. Just so you know.
1: Okay, I got a pocket full of something
0: else. Ah. Well, Goldie Ann, before the podcast, I was speaking to an old friend of mine who was having girl trouble. It seems he told a girl to text him when she got home after their date. Okay. Well, it seems she must have been homeless.
1: Oh, ouch. That took me a minute. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's not funny.
0: I saw the confusion on your face for so long.
1: <laughs> I'm like, uh, wow, uh, that's rude. That's not funny at all. Okay. That was funny. With
0: okay. the little light bulb dinged, huh? hmm Great. Wow. Well, before we begin, um, I do want to tell everyone that I was recently interviewed by the Beyond the Woodline podcast, and I would like to thank Joe DeHoyas for allowing me to be a guest. I highly recommend everyone check out his video chats on his Facebook group and visit his podcast on Spotify, which I will have their links included in the show notes. Also, brand new to, for us is we are now on TikTok. My daughter convinced me that it would be fun to give little two to three minute blurbs about some of the subjects we discuss. So I'm going to now post a new video each day, so be sure to check it out on TikTok under Within the Mist Podcast.
1: And I am not part of these. This is strictly him.
0: You are more than welcome to create some yourself.
1: I don't want people to see my, my face. I like I seeing scared. your face
0: all the time. Ah, how sweet. So, today's episode contains what some members of the audience might find a bit unsettling. So please be forewarned. We are storytellers who have gathered together information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. We don't attempt to scare our listeners on purpose well maybe a little bit listener discretion is always advised so now Anne,-hmm, let's take a walk within the mist she is said to dwell in the forest to lure men to their deaths with her incomparable beauty
1: what no i'm not
0: men can't help but become enthralled by her beauty she wears a white dress with beautiful shining black hair that falls to her ankles She seduces her victims before throwing them over a cliff and finally ripping out their heart. Today, we discuss shabai. The shabai is described as a ghost or supernatural spirit that lurks around at night, not only in the forested or rural areas, but sometimes in the cities of the Yucatan. She can appear in the broad daylight only if no one else is around for quite some distance. She is dressed in all-white, sometimes including a veil, and her hair is as black as midnight, draping down past her shoulders. Her dark eyes can become even darker just until they are black orbs if she is ever angered. The Shbai floats between the spiky thorns of a seba grove, a tree sacred to Mayan culture as a link between the heavens and the underworld, life and death. There, she brushes her hair with the thorns of the tree and waits for drunk, lost men who find themselves stumbling through the night. The legend of the Shabai connects the lives of two women living side by side within their village located in Yucatan, long before European settlers made their way across the ocean. Both were very beautiful on the outside, but only one was truly beautiful on the inside. The other held only darkness. Chapter 1 Two Beautiful Women Long before history was written, it was dependent upon oral traditions to pass down the stories from one generation to the next. It was during this time that there lived two young women in a small village of the Yucatan. They both grew up together as sisters from innocent infancy to blossoming adulthood in that village. There was no doubt by any of the inhabitants they were both the most beautiful maidens that they had ever seen. Their names were Esteban and Utskuleo. Though they were both similar in appearance, they were very different in attitudes. Esteban was openly friendly to everyone she met. She was warm and she enjoyed every opportunity to laugh and flirt to attract the attention of men, even from faraway villages. She always took the opportunity to talk to others, and the villagers looked down on her because of this behavior. Utskhalil, however, was aloof and reserved. She viewed men as unworthy of her beauty and rejected them outright as beneath her. The villagers admired her for her virtue and her purity. That's a little rude, though. (laughs) That pretty much defines how she was. Even though Eshtaban did multiple good deeds for the poor and tended to the sick animals and people, the town folk would not see past her promiscuous behavior. They took every opportunity to be cruel to her. They ridiculed her and belittled her, not valuing her for her kind heart, but rather treated her harshly for her free spirit. He even got to one point that they wanted to banish her from the village. The only reason that they didn't was that the residents were having too much of a good time tormenting her so much. Therefore, they really didn't want her to leave. The beautiful young woman whom the town admired, Utskulel, thought everyone was inferior to her. It was not helpful to others at all. She turned a blind eye to the sick and hungry and to all the others in need. And despite this, the townsfolk still admired Utskulel simply because she was chaste and did not frolic with strange men. She became an unattainable idol that they practically worshipped in the village. Years passed until one time Esteban was missing. Her disappearance lasted for over a week and the people in the village thought she had simply been away gallivanting with men in a neighboring town. It caused them to sneer whenever the subject of her disappearance was mentioned. It wasn't until someone passed by Esteban's house and smelled a very strong, very sweet smell that the townsfolk became concerned. When they entered her home to investigate, they found the body of a woman they had ridiculed lying on her bed. It was surrounded by beautiful flowers and she was smiling and looked completely serene. Several animals that Esteban had nursed back to health were watching over her body. The jealous Utskaleo said that the beautiful fragrance and the many flowers was simply a trick of the devil who was trying to fool them into thinking that Esteban was something special. Those that Esteban had helped during her lifetime came together and had a beautiful funeral for her. After they buried her, mysterious flowers sprouted up near her grave. The wind carried the scent throughout the countryside. Utskaleo became consumed with jealousy of all the attention and she declared that once she died, that there would be more flowers of the most beautiful colors, and that her body would smell more fragrant and beautiful than Esteban's, because throughout her life, she remained celibate and was purer than her. The time did come, and Utskhalil died, never knowing a man, and was chased to the very end. To the surprise of everyone, however, her corpse smelled terrible and seemed to rot instantly in her bed. No flowers sprouted near her. The town had a funeral for the old maid Uzkolil, and had to place many flowers on her grave in hopes of overcoming the otherwise foul smell. The day after the ceremony, all of the flowers were dead and the horrible stench returned. In death, both women were transformed into flowers the kind-hearted Esteban became a sweet-selling flower, while the bitter and jealous Uzkalil became a stinking cactus flower. It's an interesting story.
1: I mean, of okay. course, I yeah. The women themselves, you know, I like the the nice, sweet woman, but I'm not sure how this is has anything to do with this scary lady that kills people. Ah. Well, except for. Oh, maybe that first, that mean one, maybe.
0: The Utskhalil? Yeah. Well, the story even goes farther, because this story could have been a moral tarot about how to judge people more on their heart than on their beauty alone. The kind Esteban peacefully moved on into the afterlife, while Utskhalil did not. In fact, her bitterness continued long after her death. Chapter 2, Rebirth and Curse. Now unhappy with her fate after death, Uts called upon the evil spirits of the jungle to transform her back into a woman. She believed that perhaps the reason why she turned into a smelly flower after death was because that during life, she did not know the love of many men like Esteban did. As a new woman, Uts would have a second chance. Now why the powers of the afterlife granted her request, we'll never know. Were they offering her a second chance? Or did they know that this request would be more of a curse than any type of blessing to the cruel Khalil Regardless of the reasons, they did let her spirit return to the realm of the living.
1: Damn.
0: With this That's n- dumb. Dumb on whose part?
1: Um, people, lent- I mean, the spirits, the evil, letting her back in.
0: Well a did give her a second chance and with her new second life however Khalil discovered that she just was inexperienced in the art of love she needed more than just her beauty she did not know how to win the affections of a man only by tricking and trapping men could she experience any form of love but this would prove to be empty because she had no heart to feel love so now Khalil was forced to roam the forest In the back roads of the Yucatan preying on unsuspecting men and earned the nickname of Eshtabay. The Eshtabay will lure men with her beautiful voice, much like a siren singing their name from the darkness, and will promise him all of her love. In the man's hypnotic state, she seduces him, brings him to endure methods of torture, sometimes ending in death. In some versions of the story, after the Eshbai has her way with the man, she turns into a snake and devours him. In other versions, she throws her victims over a cliff or eats out the man's heart. Oh, gosh.
1: Wow. So now okay. do you see
0: the connection between the cruel Uskalil and now the uh yeah, Stabang, what about the Stabai? next one? Well, she passed on and she, she went into the, uh, the afterlife to basically gain her rewards oh okay so she's
1: not okay
0: no her part of the story is over okay so now we just have to deal with the evil side oh dear many stories are told in the Yucatan in an attempt to warn young men of the dangers of becoming ensnared by the eshbi. anyone could become her victim if they do not pay heed however there are those who do not often pay attention and are ensnared CHAPTER THREE. THE DANCE. One night, after a dance was ending in the town of Merida, a member of the Spanish settlers, Jacinto, walked a young woman home, thinking he was going to be lucky, and she would become the latest of his conquests of native girdles here in the Yucatan. He was very drunk from brandy, and she had had some too, though much less. Between the hugging and the kissing, he was ready for the next part of the evening to commence. Jacinto and her didn't dance much at the party. In fact, he had not noticed her until almost as the party ended. She had asked him to accompany her home, something that Jacinto took as a possible entanglement, and he accepted willingly. When Jacinto asked her her name, he was surprised at her response. "Eshby," she said. My father named me that because he thought I could use such a name. Jacinto smiled and replied, your father was right. The pair walked on a white dirt road covered in shadows. The moonlight made it seem like the trees were long arms waiting to catch them, or tentacles that belonged to some strange being that moved against the wind. They walked by many mud and palm houses. Jacinto started to become nervous of just how remote they were traveling. The woman beside him replied, soon, soon we will arrive. She smiled at him flirtatiously. Now Jacinto had heard of the Mayan legend of the Shabai, but he did not believe it when they said such a woman could bewitch commoners to make love to them and then leave their dead bodies at the bottom of a seba tree after their encounter. They were simply the tales of the uneducated. Jacinto was smarter than that. Eventually, he could see the silhouette of a tree in the distance. As they got closer, it almost seemed like this giant tree was getting larger and larger, sprouting from the ground, its leafy branches covering their path. They, at this point it seemed to the young man, that they had been walking for hours and still had not reached her home. Just as he was about to mention this, Shtabai said, we are here. Where is your home? asked Jacinto. I only see a giant tree whose roots look like claws digging into the earth. This is my home, Shtabai replied with a giggle. Under the tree is a door. Jacinto was in complete surprise. Don't be scared, she said to Jacinto. My father designed this entry that goes with our traditions. You will notice that behind the tree and under this trunk is a home. To elaborate further, the tree covered the entrance of the home. Jacinto could just make out a faint light coming from the home. I lit a candle so I wouldn't hurt myself in the dark. My parents aren't home as they are in Merida. I am not sure if you want to come in. People may talk, but I don't care, she said. Jacinto's fear left at this point, and they entered the home, and Shabai led Jacinto into a room. Jacinto, thinking that this was the moment he was waiting for, was in for a surprise. Instead of a bedroom, it was a cave filled with stalactites and stalagmites. On the wall, there were statues of demons who seemed to be laughing at each other and at Jacinto. Shtabai told Jacinto not to worry, that they were just statues, just rocks even though they seemed to move when Jacinto looked away. The two continued to walk further into the cave, and at one point Shtabai let Jacinto know that they were almost there. She led him to a place where they could rest and sit. He was beginning to feel suffocated, and his heart was beating wildly. His head was finding it difficult to concentrate. At one point, it seemed to him that Shtabai was flying. They arrived at a green space deep within the cave. There, Shtabai seemed to be waiting for him, naked, with colored lips and demonic eyes. She reached towards Jacinto, her hand pressed against his chest. But the touch wasn't delicate it burned it cut and it felt as if her reach was pushing into his very chest reaching for his heart the heart felt like it was squeezing and he became even more difficult for him to breathe the pain was intense her smile was evil it was at this point jacinto passed out overcome with tiredness and exhaustion He awoke the next day at the base of a ceiba tree. His neighbors had thought he had died, and to their surprise, he was still alive. Jacinto later told his story to an older man from his pueblo. After hearing the story, the old man told Jacinto that he did meet the real Shabai. The young man was confused, though grateful, as why he was still alive the old man explained that the reason he lived was because he was not an indigenous person. Shtabai only seeks her revenge against Mayan men. You didn't like the story?
1: Um, No I do like the story it's just I kept thinking something was gonna happen and it didn't happen it was just kinda I don't know.
0: Well this is more of one of those warning tales that the villagers would say to Uh, prevent their young men from doing what Jacinto did right so he escaped with his life in uh, order to warn others not to make the same mistakes he did there have been some documented police reports that do tie into men encountering the spirit chapter 4 the disappearance of Isidro Cantone An interesting missing persons report exists in the files of the police station in the city of Merida, capital of the Mexican state of Yucatan. The event took place in the early 1990s, just outside of the town and involved a 55-year-old man named Isidro Cantun. Isidro's wife became worried one day rather quickly because her husband was normally home by 7 p.m. and was never late. On this day, however, Don Isidro failed to return home from his work. At nearly midnight, his wife left with her children and relatives to form an informal search party to look for the missing man. The search party began at the bus stop about a kilometer from their home, which was a pick-up and drop-off point for Isidro. He would wait there for the bus that took him to and from work in Merida. Isidro's family went door-to-door asking people who lived near the bus stop if they had seen their beloved patriarch. No one knew anything, and there was no sign of Don Isidro. Several of the family members went to Merida the next morning. They attempted to find him by visiting the hospitals in the local Red Cross. Other family members searched the lonely stretch of highway, but produced nothing. By the third day, some 100 people over an area of several hundred kilometers were involved in the search. Eventually, they had no choice but to report Isidro as a missing person to the police. On the fifth day of Isidro's disappearance, some young people were walking along the road near Isidro's bus stop and saw an emaciated and distressed man sitting on a large rock. They recognized him because they would see the same man sitting on the rock every day to wait for his ride into the city. It was the missing Isidro. They immediately called the police and the local village clinic because Isidro seemed very dehydrated. It appeared as if he hadn't eaten in weeks. His frail body seemed to be nothing more than a skeleton. When Isidro tried to stand up, he was so weak he almost fainted. Everything about Isidro made him look much older, much weaker, and much frailer than the man they once knew. After Isidro received the immediate treatment he needed in the hospital, his family arrived. He told the tale of what had happened. According to Isidro, he had walked from his home to the bus stop and sat on the rock underneath the cebra tree as he did every weekday morning. While sitting there in broad daylight and under normal weather conditions, Isidro heard a voice coming from the jungle. It was a soft, feminine voice that seemed to sing his name. When he turned around, he saw a beautiful woman with long black hair dressed all in white. She smiled at him and asked him to follow her into the mountain. Isidro tried to resist, but he felt himself being pulled along. That was the last thing Isidro remembered. He woke up on the rock by the bus stop with no memory of what had happened during those missing days. Old timers in the area who heard the story rolled their eyes at him, and wondered why Isidro, alone on the edge of the jungle, did not carry with him the seeds of the anus plant. Once the female apparition had appeared to him, he could have just sniffed the seeds in order to snap himself out of the woman's trance. The old-timers knew what had happened. Isidro had encountered the Eshbi. So here you have an actual police case where he met up with this spirit and disappeared for five days and pretty much almost killed him.
1: Yeah, but he got out. how did he get out? If she's supposed to kill these people, why are these people getting out?
0: Her whole point is not to kill men. She's trying to earn their love so that she can become as beautiful on the inside as a flower. Wow. So what she does is she tries to woo and seduce these men. Sometimes it works. Sometimes they make her mad. It's when they make her mad that she kills them. Uh-huh. Wow. Now, okay, please remember, this guy was a little dehydrated, so maybe he earned her affection and he let her go she let him go with uh just after five days
1: hmm <laughs> wow <laughs> must be nice
0: Oh, <laughs> well, he doesn't remember it so it could not have been that good
1: oh ouch
0: luckily for Isidro he survived his encounter however his story does bear similarities to many other stories told across the world long before there was a connection how could the same type of story be possible between these regions? Is there a link between the Eshbai and other spirits? Chapter 5 Similarity to Other Folk Tales Now there are many parallels to the legend of La Llorona. <gasps>
1: La Llorona. A... <laughs> love her. Okay. Don't love her. But...
0: Okay. Well, for those who don't know, she is a ghost who is said to wander Mexico searching for her children and luring away any living children she comes across. Variants of La Llorona legend are told throughout Mexico, and because of the Llorona figure can be pitied and feared at the same time. Throughout all versions, however, she is known as the White Lady because she wears all white. Xtabahi is often compared to the legend of La Llorona, Llorona, but be, instead of snatching children from the sides of the river and ditches, she targets grown men.
1: You're such an American. La Llorona.
0: La Llorona. Now, a white lady or woman in white is a type of female ghost, typically dressed in a white dress or similar garment. They are reportedly seen in rural areas and associated with local legends of tragedy. White lady legends are found in many countries across the world. Common to many of these legends is an accidental death, murder, or suicide, and the theme of loss, betrayal by a husband or fiance, or unrequited love. There's also another lady in white ghost for the region, in La Machelet. She was said to have had three sons by three different men, and she drowned her three lovers, but is now cursed to look for them along the rivers and calls to them endlessly. People who look at this lady in white have their necks stuck in the position in which they look at her and must be cured by a native healer. With so many different legends of women in white, but being all similar spirits across the world during a time when communication across the oceans was impossible, it is amazing how similar these spirits are. Could Spahi be a lady in white, trapped from the spirit world in ours because of unfulfilled love? And now cursed to take revenge on all men what do you th-
1: that's awesome i didn't realize there were so many of them and they're all so similar
0: exactly it seems every culture has their own version of a lady in white who is out to take revenge either on men or on children yeah so maybe there is something to it when you have so many different versions all being so similar The legends of the Shabai do give warnings to avoid her, but they also provide means to protect yourself should you become enthralled by the spirit.
1: (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I'm a (laughs) two-year-old.
0: I don't think they had that kind of protection back in those days.
1: Okay, They obviously needed it. Uh -uh.
0: Now, avoiding Shabai would be the preferred protection against having your heart eaten out or any of the other various tortures she affects on men. There is another key to save yourself. One elder from the town, a man named Victor Mata, claimed to have seen the Shabai several times, and each time he has defeated her hypnotizing song by smelling the Anus seeds. Anus is an herb utilized in foods as a flavoring agent. It has a sweet aromatic scent that resembles black licorice. It is commonly used in alcohols and liquors such as anisette and ouzo. Shtabai's powers resides in the flowers that sprung up around her grave when she died. Her hypnotic aroma affects men much like pheromones or perfumes. Using the potent smell from the anise seeds is said to break the spell and enable the victim to escape her clutches. Much like silver affects a werewolf or a cross affects vampires. Now, me I kind of wonder how this would work on me because I don't have a sense of smell so would she have any effect on me or if she did would I be able to break her spell with an ability to smell the black licorice of the anus seeds
1: well is her it's just from her or from smelling her
0: according to the legends it's usually her beauty attracts your attention to her and then she lures you in with her song and then the pheromones is what casts its spell and that's why people can't remember seeing her or what happens to them with her
1: yeah you'd probably be okay
0: well i i have you to protect me right
1: yeah sure
0: you're fulfilling (laughs) me with so many uh (laughs) confidence Now putting all this together, we can talk about some of the theories behind the legend of the Shabai. The name Shabai probably comes from the name of a minor ancient Mayan goddess called Ishtab, who was a patroness of hunting by use of traps and snares. She is depicted as a woman wearing a hangman's noose. Some anthropologists also believe that Ishtab was the goddess of suicide, specifically death by hanging. The ancient Mayans considered suicide a noble act, and Ishtab was there to escort those who had committed suicide through to the afterlife. Those who hanged themselves went on to this heaven of theirs, said that the goddess of the gallows, whom they called Ishtab, would bring them to rest from the sadness and troubles that they had experienced in life. It is possible that sometime during the colonial period, changes to the legends of the ancient Mayan goddess of Ishtab has somehow morphed into making her a jungle demon who entraps or snares men to their doom instead. Catholic religions do take a less approving view of suicide and a darker opinion of a goddess of suicide, making Ishtab into a more sinister Eshbai. As a cautionary tale, the legend of Echbay is part of the contemporary Mayan culture. As myths continue to influence current beliefs, in the Yucatan Peninsula the word Echbay illustrates undesirable behavior in women and men, and the legend is used by mothers and grandmothers to entice good behavior in children. This is meant to serve as a warning against the dangers of marital infidelity in the modern world. Shtabai's victims are generally husbands who have ventured from their homes at night to drink alcohol and seek the attention of other women. The myth warns of the need to resist the temptations that they will face in adulthood. They have to avoid going out at night, drinking and cheating on their partners, else they face the spirit of the woman in white.
1: But in the actual they have it just men.
0: (laughs) Exactly and this serves as a warning against the dangers of marital infidelity in the modern world. As far as popular culture is concerned there are many movies that utilize the woman in white. However I can only find one movie that actually attempts to utilize the legend of the Shabai. The movie entitled Tragic Jungle of 2020 is said to be inspired by the poems of the Shabai. To escape an arranged marriage, a woman flees into the depths of the Mayan jungle, where untamed nature merges the human and the supernatural. As she is captured by a band of criminals, they each eventually fall to the Shtabai. It is in Spanish, but does have English subtitles. So putting all of this together, Goldie, what are some of your final opinions? Well,
1: I think I need to figure this out more. So, I've always been fascinated with, uh, like, La Girona, and this is so much like it. But, I mean, I seriously never heard of anything other than, I mean, this type of story. And they're all so similar. It's just, just, it's insane.
0: Correct. And they're all by cultures that did not have the opportunity to talk to each other. So, it's not like someone told their story of the lady in white to... You know, person B, and then person B started spreading it around their country. There was no internet, there was no telephones or telegraph or anything. These cultures created the lady in white on their own individually with the same effect. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that this might be more than just ghost stories. Absolutely. Well, being sure to have my handful of anus seeds before I walk tonight. I suppose this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. Special thanks to David Fasilian and Fasilian Studios for the introduction music. We would like to ask you to please leave us a review on the podcast provider you are listening to this podcast on. It helps promote our show. We are on social media and would love to hear your stories or opinions about The Lady in White. You can reach us also on our Facebook page, Within the Miss Podcast. And we're on Instagram and Twitter. Plus, we have an email at Within the Miss at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share your stories. We love hearing about your own personal experiences. We hope you enjoyed our stories about the Eshtabai, and we'll come again for another episode. Please spread the word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. Until then, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely, and perhaps a bit more curious. Goodbye, everyone.
1: See you later. Be careful out there.